Well, good morning, Faithbridge. How's everyone doing? If we have not met, my name is Steve Carter, and I absolutely love what God is doing here. I've been a pastor for almost 20 years, and there are a few things that wake me up in the middle of a night as a pastor. Uh, anytime that there's a storm in the area, wakes me up. Um, anytime I, I know that there is like suffering in our community, it wakes me up in the middle of the night. Um, anytime there's a big leadership decision or anytime that there's a big service coming up, it wakes me up in the middle of the night. But I'll tell you what, a few years ago, there was one more thing that would wake me up in the middle of the night. I got together with our creative teams. I began to share with them, hey, uh, this is something that I have been afraid of. It's almost been like a night terror. Multiple nights a year, I am waking up. And my friends thought this was so fascinating, they decided to actually make a movie preview based on my night terror. That's the kind of friends I have. Here's this, watch this. What? Where is everybody? Hello? I'm backstage, people are showing up to church, but there's no volunteers. Where is everybody? much time. I'm down in promised land. Send help. Hey, hey, don't hang up on me. Clary! 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 I think someone forgot to take the offering. I mean, can you just imagine pulling into Faith Bridges parking lot and not having anybody greet you? Can you imagine showing up and there's nobody on the cameras? You drop your kids off and there's nobody there. Can you imagine a world without volunteers? I I've been thinking about this for many, many years. And I think when we were in COVID watching online, we only needed a few volunteers, a couple people to run a camera, couple of people to help with the band. But we kind of got out of the rhythm. The rhythm of actually putting our gifts on display. Now, you know the scriptures. You're familiar with God's word. You know that the Hebrew people for 400 plus years spent their lives in slavery making bricks. 
Their identity was found in how many bricks they could make. If they did not meet their quota, they were beaten. They showed up again the next day and had to meet the quota by making bricks. There was no Sabbath. They made bricks every single day. And God heard their cries. And in Exodus 19, one chapter before the Ten Commandments, God says, I am making a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, as he sets these former slaves unto the world to showcase what his goodness is like. They were freed from slavery. Now they were free to become a holy nation and a kingdom of priests. Now, you know this word priests in Latin. It literally means a bridge maker. Someone who is a bridge between God and the people. And this idea of a priest, there was one tribe of the 12 in the Hebrew nation. They were the Levites. They were the priests. They worked in the temple. They led worship. They ran security. They helped lead the liturgy at the temple. Their job was to speak on behalf of God to the people and also take the requests and the pain and the concerns of the people and bring it up to God. They were the middleman. Now, what's amazing is when you start to get to the New Testament, Jesus begins to obliterate some stuff. You know, that one Friday when he dies on Calvary for every single one of us, Something happened. I mean, you read the Gospels and the whole earth started to shake. And inside the temple and the Holy of Holies, the curtain that kind of held the presence of God within that holy space tore open. And the Spirit of God went out. It was a brand new day and new reality. And the truth was, there wasn't just going to be one tribe. One group of people who are going to serve as priests. Now, that role, the Holy Spirit, wasn't just for specific people at a specific time for a specific purpose that we saw in the Old Testament. It was for everyone who considered Christ their rabbi. You get to 1 Peter. You start reading in 1 Peter chapter 2. You know what he starts to say? He's like, do you know who you are? You're a chosen people, a holy nation. And look at the language he uses, a royal priesthood. That's who we are, Faith Bridge. We are chosen people. We are a holy nation. We are a royal priesthood. But this is what happens. This is what happens. Centuries after the days of Jesus, what began to happen was that certain roles certain spiritual gifts, certain people began to say, ah, this isn't for everybody. This is just for a few. Just a few people who can have all of the power. And they began with denominations. They began with certain roles to kind of be positioned and postured as holier than the rest of us. And one day, October 31st, 1517, a man by the name of Martin Luther got so irritated that he literally, literally, scholars will say, either wrote 95 theses, statements in which the church had gotten it wrong, and he either took them and nailed them onto 
like the doors of a church. Some scholars say that. Some say he mailed them in. But the primary thesis, in my opinion, was this. It's going to come up on the screen. It says this. Everyone who has been baptized, this is Martin Luther speaking, every single person who has been baptized may claim that they already have been consecrated a priest, bishop, or pope. Think about this. What Martin Luther was saying was this. Hey, if you've been baptized, you've said yes to Jesus, you're the equivalent of the pope. No wonder they wanted this guy dead. Hey, hey, you've been baptized. You know what? You're a priest. Hey, you know what? You've been baptized. You actually, in God's eyes, are a bishop. Put that on your LinkedIn account. And then to even take it farther, he says this. Let everyone, let everyone, therefore, who knows themselves to be a Christian, be assured of this and apply it. Apply it to themselves that we are all priests and there is no difference between us. There is literally no difference between us. And what Martin Luther understood to be true about the scriptures, and I wholeheartedly agree on this account of his theology, is this. That the Christian church is about the priesthood of all believers. Which means, I'm no better than you. Which you're all, of course, we knew that a long time ago. But the truth is, we are all priests. We are all priests. We are all playing this role as bridge makers. And the truth is, many of us, and I did it many years in my life, we have sidestepped our call to be a bridge maker, and we've allowed certain people on this stage or certain people with various gifts to kind of be elevated, and we've said, ah, it's just for a certain few. That goes against God's heart. That goes against what the scriptures teach. That goes against how we must understand what grace is all about. And so in our time, I'm going to lay all my cards out right now. My prayer coming into this week was that I would disrupt all of you in such a way to see this book as true, holy, stunning, and beautiful, that you'd understand the grace that you've been given, and you'd understand how God actually sees you, that you are a priest, that you are someone who's mediating on behalf of others for Christ's glory, that you, and the way that you live, the way that you serve, the way that you act and engage, you have a huge role to play here at Faithridge and beyond. If you have a Bible, turn with me to 1 Peter. We're going to continue in that amazing book, 1 Peter chapter 4. It says this. Verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert. And of sober mind. There's that like sound mindness. If you, if you remember, we talked about this last week. This sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So hospitality means you create safe environments for people to experience the fullness of God's presence. And you do it without grumbling. 
Verse 10, hear this. Each of you, and you can like literally change each of you to every single person who calls Faith Bridge home. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. It doesn't say each of you can. It doesn't say each of you if you want to. Each of you if the season is right. Each of you if everything is going perfectly in your life. No, no, no. Here this writer is basically implying, hey, each of you should use whatever gift, whatever spiritual gift you have received to serve others. And then they take it into a financial phrase. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. How amazing is that? So what he's saying is, hey, we talk about stewardship. We talk about stewardship when it comes to money. We gotta steward the money, the resources. We talk about, we gotta steward our time, a life well spent. What Peter is saying is, no, 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 there's an entirely new way to look at stewardship, and it's stewarding the grace that you've received and the spiritual gifts that you have received. Literally, that if you are a follower of Jesus, you didn't just get eternity. You didn't just get forgiveness of sins. You didn't just get grace upon grace. What you also were given were spiritual gifts, and now it is our responsibility, every single one of us, to know our gift and to apply our gift. To know our gift, to use our gift. And this is a form of faithful stewardship. It continues on, verse 11. And this is amazing. This is absolute priestly language. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. <laughs> Just put that on your steering wheel. Anytime you speak, this is what a priest would do. A priest would speak on behalf of God. So anytime someone cuts you off, you speak on behalf of God. Anytime the Astros lose, you speak on behalf of God. Anytime Texas football can win more than six games, we speak on behalf of God, right? You have these moments where you speak on behalf of God. That's what a priest does. I mean, you start to think about this, the way that you engage with your kids or your spouse or that difficult coworker. When you start to see yourself as God sees you, as someone who has gifts, who's faithfully stewarding those gifts, but also a priest who speaks on behalf of God, it's a game changer. Continues on. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. It's like this isn't about you and your own strength. This is about receiving, blessed to be a blessing. You have literally received grace upon grace, but you've received gifting. You've received strength, perseverance, endurance. This is about you living deeply with Jesus. And then it says this, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This when Peter writes, it's anthemic because it is what worship is all about. 
which leads you to ask some really honest questions. It forces me to ask very real and honest questions. How's my worship? How is my worship with God? Because if I'm literally saying, hey, I've received grace and I have received gifts and I understand in the theology of the priesthood of all believers, but literally I'm choosing not to put those gifts on display, I'm choosing not to serve, then what am I saying? How am I worshiping? And truth be told, friends, every church in America right now is wrestling with this. Because it's awesome. And some of you are watching online, you get this, it's awesome when it was November of 2020 and you were waking up at 9.45 on a Sunday and you were like, I'm just gonna get some coffee, just in my pajamas, let the kids stay sleeping. I'll kind of tune in, tune out, check my email, work on Facebook, have the message going behind me. And we, we kind of got into this habit. And one of the muscles that we stopped doing was actually engaging and serving. And I guarantee you, every single one of us who have been a part of FaithBridge for multiple years can name a volunteer who has had a profound impact in our life. It could be a volunteer on this stage. It could be a volunteer in the lobby. It could be a volunteer in our kids' ministry or our student ministries. It could be a volunteer who is leading one of our life groups, small groups. It could be a volunteer who served us, who led our kids on a missions trip or in those curious groups. You know this. But sometimes in the Western church is, well, you know what? That's just for a few people. But the most powerful churches and what God dreamed up for the local expression of the church was that it was all of us. It's really like, and the best way I know how to describe it is Home Depot theology. You know Home Depot. Home Depot's mission statement is, you can do it, we can help. And the church's mission for many, many years has been, I can do it, come watch. And we gotta get back. One of the great things about COVID is it showcased how much we need each other, how much we need volunteers, how much we need to see all the spiritual gifts on display. And even though we had a website and Facebook, which is where sin lives, but like even though we had that and we went there, we went there and we, we, we preached and we spoke to a digital audience and it was incredible and it was amazing. It was a fraction of what God dreamed the local church to be. Local church is every one of us involved. Every one of us involved. And if you think I'm just making this stuff up and I just cherry picked one verse, let me just, uh, just, just kind of speak a few verses into play. I'm gonna go to Romans. I'm just gonna read this one out of my Bible because I love it so much. Romans, Paul's writing, and he says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So I read that first, because what I love is that you have to understand we all belong to each other. 
But if you skip up a few verses to verse three, it says, for the grace given to me, I say to every one of you. This is like Paul. I just imagine him saying, I say this to every one of you who call Faith Bridge home. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. This to me is so important because I think for some of us, we can think too highly of ourselves. And the ways that we do this, and I've done this, I have done this. We do this and go, well, I used to serve. I don't, I don't do that anymore. Either it's beneath me, so I, I don't do it. I, I, I'm not gonna do that. I mean, if you think about this, one hour, a, like every other week, is basically 26 hours in a calendar year. One day plus two hours. Jesus gave his life, and we're just asking for like one day plus two hours. And there's this sense of like, nah, I just don't do that. I just don't, I just don't do that. Or we think of ourselves too highly when we're like, I don't have anything to offer. That's actually a sense of like you thinking too highly of yourself. Because it's not about you, it's actually about God working through you. And the truth is, when you actually begin to step into your role of seeing yourself as God sees you, as a disciple, as a child of God, as a priest, then you step up and go, God, how do you want to use me here and now at Faithbridge? People ask me all the time, Steve, when you preach, what's your hope? What's your hope? My hope is simple. It comes from Ephesians chapter 4, 12 and 13. And when I preach, this is the verse that's on my mind, which is simply this, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And I love this word equip because that's what preachers and teachers and leaders must do. We must equip the priests, equip the saints. And that word in the original language, it's literally like give you the tools or the equipment so that when you face crisis, you could still preach Christ. Or when you taste a mess, you recognize you have a better message. Or when you experience a test, you got a testimony. You come ready and prepared. And when we live like that, we actually are mature priests. We're actually serving, living, speaking the very words that God has given us to speak. Friends, I want every one of you involved. Because I believe serving is about being a bridge maker. And right now, our world feels this ache of isolation. But when people walk in, when people experience faith bridge, I want them to see your faces. I want them to experience the joy, the grace that you've received that you so badly and desperately want to give away. And I promise you, when you do this, you will feel the thrill of God using you, but you will be more shaped and in tuned and attuned to the heart of God for you and also for others. So how do we do it? How do we be bridge makers, faith bridge? How do we be bridge makers, faith bridge? Number one, we gotta love all people deeply. 
Every single person who walks through our doors, whether they are young, whether they are crying, whether they are hurting in need of care, whether they're stepping in from a tragedy or whether they have just experienced success upon success, we must love because love, as the scriptures say in 1 Peter 4, covers a multitude of sins. Number two, priests, bridge makers here at Faith Bridge, we must offer hospitality. We create safe spaces for people to be honest and human with how they're really going. And you've experienced this. You've had a moment maybe at a prayer team up front. You've had a moment on the serving. You've had a moment in conversation in your grow groups where literally somebody created such a safe environment for you to be fully known, seen, and loved. Number three, we must be faithful stewards of God's grace. Paul will say in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, do not take grace in vain. And it took a mentor speaking into my life when he saw the gifts that God had given to me and I was sitting on the sidelines and he's like, you're taking grace in vain. And it hit me. And he started walking me through these passages. He goes, you don't understand what God's given to you? You're just making excuses. But the more that you lean in and go, I'm not gonna do this because I understand my identity. My identity is a child of God, but some apparent reason, this God of all creation, this good, good father actually thinks I'm a priest. It's amazing to me. Number four, if you're gonna be a bridge maker, faith bridge, we will use whatever gift God's given us to serve. It's not for my own benefit. It's not for me. It's literally how can it be used to bring honor and glory to our good, good father. Number five, if we're gonna be bridge makers in the way that we serve Faith Bridge, we must try with every word we speak to speak the very words of God. And, and, I, and I say speak, I even mean type. When I, when I say speak, I don't just mean typing online, I also mean texting. Everything that comes out of our mouth, everything that comes out of our heart, it should be, God, is this what you want me to say? God, is this how I can love my family? God, is this how I can encourage my family, my body, my church? And lastly, we don't serve in our own strength. Bridge makers, faith bridgers, we serve in God's strength. Because the God of all creation is just going to dump out grace and strength upon strength so that we can show up with joy, show up with a serving towel, show up with the commitment that Christ showed up for us. It was amazing. A number of years ago, I had the privilege to uh, go meet the Pope. And I, I, I was shocked that I, he wanted to meet. So a couple of us went out. And um, I don't know what you bring the Pope. I thought maybe I should bring him a Bible, but I was like, he probably's got a ton of Bibles. Maybe a candle, I don't know. I don't know what you bring a Pope. But then I thought to myself, I know what I'm gonna bring. And I brought him a Chicago Cubs jersey. Because <laughs> what, what do you give the Pope? He's got everything, right? So I'm standing there and he's, he's greeted everybody and then we're towards the end and he comes, and this Pope Francis, he comes up to me and he looks me in the eye and he says, preach. The world needs better preaching. Preach. 
Don't stop preaching good news. The world needs better preaching. Preach Jesus. Preach. And I was like, what? And he literally just kept saying this to me. And when I fly home, I'm trying to make it back for Thanksgiving dinner, and I'm like flying a red eye back home to the, to the States, and it's like two in the morning, I'm like in 32, like E in the middle seat, which is the worst, towards the back of the plane. Dude beside me is passed out, and I'm just thinking about this. I like climb over him, go up to the top, grab my journal, step back over him, and I just start to write everything that he said, preach. Don't ever stop preaching. Preach. The world needs better preaching. Preach good news. Don't stop preaching good news. Preach Jesus. The world needs Jesus. And I write that down. I get home. My wife looks at me and she goes, how was your time? I was like, ah, it was great. Da, 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 da. She's like, did you have any moments with the, with the Pope? I was like, yeah, this is what he said. I recite the whole thing like I just did twice to you. And she says, so what are you going to do? I was like, I think I'm going to keep preaching. She's like, you better. And here's what I realized. It's not about the Pope saying this, but what I realized was like, oh my goodness, he called out the gift that I have. Now it's my responsibility. Should I preach or should I not? And if I don't preach, what am I doing? I'm wasting the gift that God's given me. I'm taking grace in vain. I'm making excuses. I can say whatever I want to say. I can do whatever I want to do. But when you actually begin to see yourself as God sees you, as a priest, as someone who speaks on behalf of the Most High God, as someone who's a part of the family of Faith Bridge that has been gifted with gifts from heaven above, and all of a sudden you say to yourself, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to be a faithful steward with this, or am I going to bury this in the ground? And you know who misses out? You. Because I get this moment where I get to walk down off the stage and every weekend, and I'm not saying that the messages are that great, but I get to feel the thrill of God using me. I want that for you. I've seen some student ministry volunteers. Just how jacked they were when that building opened up. How excited they were to welcome in your kids. I thought to myself, oh my goodness, faithful stewards of God's grace. I was in the airport a couple years ago, coming home from after teaching, and one of the, those, those missions groups of students were in the TSA line with me, and they're like, hey, Mr. Steve, we're going on a, on a mission trip. And I was like, faithful stewards of God's grace. High school students get it. But somehow we get in our 70s, and we're just like, ah, oh, I'd had my run. There's no retirement from being a priest because it's who you are. People in their 20s, ah, you don't understand. I don't, I, I don't have anything to offer. You don't have anything to offer. It's what God offered you. We have the faith to be a bridge maker. So friends, I want this for you. And if you just give it a try, if you just put your foot in the water, after the service, you're going to have a chance to go out to the tent. And if you were never a college 
athlete and never felt the thrill of being recruited, I guarantee you, this is what this is going to be. Because Pastor Ken fired up the entire staff and they're all creative right now. And they're like, oh man, we need volunteers, man. And you're gonna feel like a five-star blue chip athlete. And you're gonna see some ministries that think that they're Duke or Michigan, and they're like, man, you gotta come work for me, man. I'll tell you what, we'll develop you, we'll shape you, we'll form you. And it's in this moment you're like, I gotta think, as a priest, as a priest for Faith Bridge, as a priest for God, is this a place where God can use my gifts? And this is your responsibility. We've set the table, 1,500 breakfast tacos. And in a minute, I'm gonna pray. And some of you are watching online, but you will live six minutes away. That tent is outside, and I can tell you stories. Stories of people who are watching online. Stories when there was baptism services where I was like, I know you're watching and you're close and God's speaking to you and you need to come get baptized. People got in their car, drove and got baptized. I'm telling you, some of you know you've drifted. And that muscle, a muscle's just gone a little flabby, if you know what I mean. And God's saying, you're a priest. And it's time for you to get in your car, meet us at the tent. Pastor Ken, myself, are gonna be out there. We wanna shake your hands, knuckles, elbow, I don't care. Hand you a breakfast taco, but I want you to be in the game. I want you to be in the game. Because when people start to step into the church, I want them to see your faces. I want them to see the grace that you have. I want them to experience the joy that you have. I want them to know that they matter, they care. But we need all of us. Because like that passage in Romans says, we belong to each other. So here's the details, and then I'm gonna pray. Details are simple. You're gonna get up, you're gonna walk outside, you're gonna see a massive revival tent. You're gonna experience Houston humidity, but you're strong, you're not weak. You know what it's like? Your hair's gonna get curly, but you're gonna have a breakfast taco in your mouth, and you're gonna walk around like you were a five-star blue chip priest, and you're gonna experience recruitment pitches. And people are gonna want you. And you're gonna have a chance, you're gonna have this card. You're gonna get to fill that card out. When you turn that card in, you're gonna have a chance to actually win prizes which is a recruiting violation, but we're not gonna talk about that. But you're gonna have a chance to win prizes, but you're gonna walk through and you're gonna meet people who are looking you in the eye and you're gonna go, man, God, I'm just asking, God, can I put my gifts here? Can I be a blessing here? Can I help further the mission and the kingdom of God in this ministry? And I'm praying that there is a connection. I'm praying that God whispers. I'm praying that God shakes you. I'm praying that by faith, you recognize that you can be a bridge, a bridge, a bridge, a bridge to so many. So here's how I'm gonna close. When I was in my 20s, I had an ordination service. And I had no idea what this was. This is where they said I could be a, a pastor. A bunch of old mentors got up and they said, you're good enough to be a pastor. They said some nice words. We had a service. I was commissioned to be a pastor. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about theologically how beautiful that is, but then also theologically how, if it's the priesthood of all believers, maybe the closing prayer should just be an ordination over you. 
So here's what I'm gonna invite you to do. I'm gonna invite you to stand. I'm gonna invite you to stand. And here's the thing. If you're with your spouse, maybe you wanna hold hands. If you're not with your spouse, don't hold the hand of the next person because that would be weird. You might wanna have your hands open. And I want you to receive these words. There's a lot of things that we've been told about who we are and whose we are, but I want you to understand if you are a Christ follower, you are marked, sealed, redeemed by the blood that was shed on the cross. You are a person of grace and in God's gracious economy, you, my brothers and sisters of Faith Bridge, you are a priest, a priest of the most high God and I pray that this week, you would speak on behalf of the Almighty God. You would serve on behalf of the hands and feet of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I believe that even though the world might say you're not enough or you're way too much, you would know because of what the scriptures say. You are a priest and we belong to each other. And so as we go into this week, I pray that you would take an honest look at your life and saying, if I am a priest, am I living like a priest? If I am a priest, am I serving like a priest? If I am a priest, am I faithfully stewarding the gifts that God has given to me? And I'm praying that in that tent, God might just surprise you. Fast forward a number of years by you having just the faith to see yourself as God sees you, that he would use you in a way that would surpass all your understanding and you would feel the thrill of grace at work in and through you for the sake of another. Much love, everyone. Grace and peace. We'll see you out in the tent.